A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When the Magi had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. And stay there until I tell you. Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. He stayed stayed there until the death of Herod. That what the Lord had said through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod had died, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. He rose, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go back there. And because he had been warned in a dream, he departed for the region of Galilee. He went and dwelt in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I think what we get from the Gospel today is that sleep is really good prayer, right? Prayer prayer is where Joseph, or in sleep is where Joseph heard, uh, you know, in his dreams is where he heard God, and so... Certain times, you know, when it's difficult to pray, uh, sometimes it's okay. St. Therese used to speak about it that, you know, when she fell asleep in prayer, that she rested in God, right? And so we certainly don't want to intentionally fall asleep right now, right? Hopefully. Uh, but, uh, but to know that the Lord can work good, uh, even in the midst of sometimes uh, a struggle of prayer, even in our sleep. I want to note a few other things. One of the other things is that you notice that we sing the Gloria again. And the Gloria is one thing that we sing every single, well, every single Mass, except for during Advent and Lent, right? During Advent and Lent, we actually abstain from it, partly as kind of a penitential, uh, kind of pulling back from the solemnity in some ways. We hold back that song of Gloria, which is meant to be this amazing hymn of glory to God in the highest. And where do we similarly hear this song? Well, we hear it at the angels announcing the birth of Jesus to the shepherds, right? Glory to God in the highest, right? And peace to people of goodwill. We hear that on Christmas night. And so every single time that we hear the glory at the beginning of Mass, we should think of Christmas and Jesus' presence in our life. I think a lot of the times we hear the Gloria so often that we don't think about it. We just think of it as another hymn, but the church has placed it in there and keeps it in there because it's so important. It's not just something that we've made up. It's actually something that God has given to us. Glory to God in the highest. And we know that the angels sing that eternally before the throne of God in heaven. And so when we sing the Gloria, we in some ways join the angels in heaven in praising God, okay? The second thing that I want to note is the incense today. We haven't used incense for a little while, partly because the 
people who uh, I had kind of trained in incense, as well as Mr. Kim, were, were gone, so I didn't have anybody. But thankfully, Joe is trying his hand today, and we've got Mr. Kim to help him out. And, uh, and it's also a really special feast day. And so we want to be able to use incense. Uh, we don't use it on daily mass. We use it on special feast days. Well, why? Just so that, you, you know, some people, you're like, oh, what does that smell? Or thankfully, some of you have masks, so it's maybe not, you know, you don't notice it as much. But the intention is, is not like campfire smoke, right? Campfire smoke kind of just is, is dirty air, right? Incense is supposed to be twofold. Both, it's our prayers rising up before God, right? It kind of gives even a mystical type look. You can see like like angels almost. You know, there's kind of this mysticalness to it of our prayers rising up to God, but also that it engages our senses, that we are physical beings and we encounter the world through our five senses, through our hearing, right? Through our sight, through our taste, through our touching. And we have all of those senses engaged in mass, What's the one sense that often isn't engaged? Our sense of smell, right? And so incense gives us, hopefully, you know, that good smell. Now, I I know some kids initially, oh, I don't like that smell, or, you know, you're kind of not used to it. Well, well, yeah, that can be initially, right? But but once you get used to it, right? Once you kind of uh, allow it to be something that is good, right? It is intentionally meant to be a good smell that's supposed to, again, engage all of us in this worship of God. All right, so those are a few notes. Now on to a little bit about the family. I'd like to point out uh, just one thing for each of our roles as a, as a father, a mother, and a child. Now, we'll start with the children. Children, Right? Your role, it's always crazy because, you know, adults look at children and they're like, you have it so easy. And children look at their life and they're like, ah, it's so terrible. And I want to be an adult, right? So what is your role in a family? Well, part of your role, which you don't even need to work very hard at, is helping to purify your parents, okay? You do that just naturally, just by living, right? Because your parents have to take care of you and have to have charity on you. And you don't even realize it, but, but they have to work really hard. They have a really tough job, right? But what can you do to maybe help and not maybe make it more difficult, right? Well, it's beautiful today that we hear a few things spoken to children specifically. One of them is to honor your parents, right? We actually have that as one of the commandments. And that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, did that as well to honor and respect your parents. Even, it says, when, you're, when your father loses his mind, you know? Even when, his fa- when your father loses his mind, which might happen, you know, some, some people more often than not, still honor him. And why the scripture speaks about that is it's not an unusual case, I guess. You know, the scripture speaks to common cases, and I guess it's not that uncommon for, I guess, the father to lose his mind, you know, for different things, okay? So, so it's not unexpected. Children, your parents are not perfect, right? They know that. You know that. However, even if they lose their mind, they still deserve honor and respect, and that you actually still give that to them. 
Now, one of the most beautiful things that what the family life is ordered to is ordered ultimately towards your salvation in charity and getting you to heaven. And the one thing that many people struggle with is obedience to God, right? God sometimes asks some difficult things from us, right? St. Joseph had some difficult obedience to not only take Mary in, but then also take them to Egypt and then to bring them back. And, and, and those are difficult things. And, and we struggle with, as humans with obedience. Well, one of the things that children, you get to learn in your family is obedience. And God actually says that it's a pleasing thing to be obedient to your parents. And I would say it's even more than just pleasing is that we can honestly say that a legitimate command of a legitimate superior is the will of God for you in your life. So children, taking out the trash is God's will for you in your life, right? If you're like, God, what do you want in my life? What should I do? Well, if your parents tell you to clean your room, then the will of God in your life is to clean your room. And that's actually is a beautiful prayer a beautiful act of charity and also helps you to grow in obedience to your parents, but also ultimately to God. And so what do you do? Well, well, follow your parents, right? To be obedient to them, okay? Now, mothers, right? What is your role in the house? What's your role? I shouldn't say that. What's your role in family? Well, I think it's beautiful is that the mothers... Bring the heart of the family, right? They are the heart. They're in some ways the soul, right? And that they bring that constancy, right? That from the very beginning, you know, the father has to leave the child at certain points, but the mother, even from the moment of conception, is always with the child, right? And we think about a young child, right? A baby. Baby doesn't really have much time for a father, right? But it wants the mother, right? Because the mother provides, is, is there, and, and that bond is, is so strong, and you're the heart of that family. Now, in the second reading today, it talked a little bit about wives, be subordinate to your husbands. And, and, and I don't know about you, but every single time I hear that, I cringe a little bit, right? Because it's been abused so much that we've seen in, uh, at times in, in culture and society. However, I want us to be important to not throw out the baby with the bathwater, okay? Uh, St. Paul certainly has been abused in these words throughout uh, the ages. However, the intention is still there, right? That a father, a lot of the times, can kind of skirt their duty and kind of take, you know, kind of a backseat approach to family life. And I think what's beautiful in a, in a family is when a mother supports the father in the role as a head, not to take over and dominate, but as someone who is there, who has to have a role in the family, who's encouraged in maybe instead of the mother having to say every single time, let's go to church, or every single time, let's pray the rosary, or every single time, let's pray before meals, that the wife nudges the husband to take their role, right? Hey, you're supposed to be helping us lead us to heaven, right? And so this role as a, as a mother to be subordinate is not to be uh, a second class or, or to be dominated, but to actually help order to be underneath and be ordered in the same way 
as the family, as the father, right? The father should be thinking about the salvation and getting everyone to heaven. And the mother helps, or the the wife, helps him in that, right? To not supplant, not take over that role, but to help the father who often struggles with that role. Unfortunately, the father is not always the soul or the heart of the family, right? Their, Their role is to help lead. Right? And, uh, and so it's important for the wife to help them in that role, which can also be very difficult. Right? Okay, fathers, right? your role is to lead, right? to get your family to heaven. How do you do that? Well, it's a difficult role. I'll definitely say that. And again, it's not about domination, but we actually see it throughout Scripture, right? It's supposed to be done in charity and kindness at all times and ultimately laying down your life as Christ did. Right? Leadership in the Christian way is not about being first, but actually about being last. Jesus Christ came to be servant of all. Right? He lowered himself and in scandal washed the feet of his disciples. That's the type of leadership that we're talking about as Christian fathers. A father who leads his family to Mass. A father who leads his family in first to prayer. A a father that leads his family to the confessional, right? And goes to confession and invites the rest of his family along. That's the type of leadership that we're talking about in this role. And lastly, I'll give for both of the parents. Parenting is difficult, right? How do you love your children? How do you love the family? How do you stick together? Well, I'll say this. Children are so important, right? And actually the church teaches that marriage is ordered towards the union of the spouses and the procreation and education of children. And so children are an integral part of the family. However, the only reason why children come about is by the love of the spouses. And so if you want to love your children, first love your spouse. Now, it doesn't mean that you, you, you ditch your kids all the time, right, and don't care about them. But if you have to do that on occasion, like, actually, that's super helpful. And it's helpful for your children to know that they're not number one in your life, right? Right? You want to love your children? You want to let your children know that they are loved? Actually, the best way to do that is to love your spouse, to take time with your spouse, So that your children know where they came from. They came from the love between the spouses. My parents did this. I mean, my parents are not perfect by any account. But one thing that they would do is on Sunday Mass, even though that they had four little ones at different times, my mom from the very beginning was like, hey, I don't really care if uh, what the, I mean, she did care. But she said, you know, we're going to sit together. And so we didn't get to sit in between my parents. My parents always sat together and we would be down the row and that sometimes caused later on when uh, we were grown up and me and my three brothers or me and my two brothers would sit on the end and we'd be sleeping during mass during the homily and uh, trying, to, trying to meditate like St. Joseph. And my dad wasn't able to hit, hit us, you know, uh, to, to wake us up because he was sitting with my mom, Right. But that was still good, right? It was still good, and and I knew that my parents loved each other, right? Even at certain times that they had to struggle, right, and fight, I knew that they were 
a team, that they loved each other, and that I knew that I could count on where I came from. And so again, the family is one of the things that we all have. Sometimes in the normal way, sometimes in, an, in unusual ways, but we all have a mother and father, right? We all have, uh, well, yeah, we all have a mother and father. We might not necessarily have children or spouses or anything else, but we all have a family. Um, different accounts in different ways. And God has given us the family to ideally be the place in which we learn charity and virtue in so many different ways. Today is the feast day of the Holy Family where we see a family that was perfect, however, still struggled and dealt being a refugee in exile, you know, suffering, uh, a mother pregnant, walking all the way to Bethlehem with no place, right? Um, a struggle of, of, you know, travel, right? Which all military families can, can understand with PCS and living out of a suitcase, right? They certainly had difficulties, but they always grew in charity, obedience, and love. And so let us also ask for that grace uh, this day and every day.